0: Well, welcome to What's That About? with Joel and Dina. Hello.
1: Hey. Welcome, welcome.
0: Yeah, so we are in Nehemiah, and much like Nehemiah, yes. it, it takes a while to get started.
1: Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things happen.
0: Right. Kristen, you could be listening to this, like, years from now and, and right. thinking, what, what is she talking about? Right, so, right. It's been about a month since our last... It has
1: been. It's been busy here, <laughs> people visited. visiting, things like that. And sometimes, you know, you get busy and you get out of rhythm. And
0: we've
1: yeah. been trying to get back at it, and now here we are, second Great. chapter.
0: So, in the first chapter of Nehemiah, um, he's heard that things aren't going so well. They rebuilt the temple, Yeah. but the, the city walls are still undone... And um, Nehemiah is very distraught, and so he is prayed to the Lord in regards to that. That's right. And so, um, chapter two, which I guess I'm going to read chapter two. Sure. Yeah. So, this is from the NIV. Um, yeah, Nehemiah chapter two. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, and Nehemiah was the cupbearer. That's to the right. King, so, he was the wine guy. Um, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins? and its gates have been destroyed by fire, the king said to me. What is it you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah, where my fathers are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates, so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah? And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the king's force, so he'll give me timbers to make beams for the gates of the citadel by this temple, and for the city wall, and for residence I will occupy? And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my request. So I went to the governors of Trans Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. And the king had also sent the king had also sent an army of officers and cavalry with me. When Sanbalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the
1: Israelites. (laughs) So
0: we're just reading the first ten verses so far. Um, There's a lot in there. There is. Yeah.
1: There is. Some
0: foreshadowing there,
1: too. Well, uh, if you recall last time, we, we ended... Uh, with verse 11. In those days, I was the, the cupbearer to the king. And we don't know exactly what that means until now here in the second chapter. It means that because he has access, he has the ability to do what God has called him to do. And, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily look at the positions we have in our own lives, where we say, well, you know, what am I doing? Maybe I'm not working for God. Maybe I am. I mean, look at Nehemiah. He was the king's <laughs> cupbearer, right? You know, how, how could you say that I was doing God's work? But ultimately, he ended up doing God's work. And we saw from the prayer at the end of one that that's exactly what he was up to. And so we now see this coming to fruition. The fact that he was the, the cupbearer of the king and his heart was steadfast on God, God was ready to use him in the place that he was already.
0: I think Mm. that's the key. I don't think that there are God jobs and non-God jobs. Right,
1: exactly. Well said. the, The
0: key for Christians is being willing to let God use you wherever you are, right. whether you're working or not working. Right, so, right. That um, God needs doctors and God needs trash collectors. Mm-hmm. He needs people to share his good news. So it's not about, you know, God only calls pastors or God only calls... Uh, missionaries God calls everyone to their profession and to their vocation Mm -hmm. and then it's a matter of being willing to let God shine through that
1: that's right that's right another thing that points out to me is uh, the fact that he was looking sad in front of the king
0: which you're not supposed to do
1: (laughs) talk about a faux pas this was not only was it not something you were supposed to do it was actually quite dangerous
0: Right, you could be killed for it.
1: You could be. Um, It was, in fact, illegal for somebody wearing mourning clothes to enter into the king's court. It was just part of the laws, part of the decrees. If you were mourning, if you were sad, you had to stay away. And here is Nehemiah looking downcast. He is. I mean, this is an amazing thing to think about, that he is so upset at the wall and at Jerusalem that it's boiling over into his job. And God used that. Yeah. And God used that that emotion, he used that distress, he used that sadness. And even though it was extraordinarily dangerous, it was real. He didn't hide it. And and God took that and he transformed it into then that conversation which uh, occurs here. I mean, what happened if he had tried to hide it? Well, he maybe never had that opening. If he had tried to say no, I'm doing fine. If he had tried to put on that face, like everything's okay, we don't have a story.
0: Well, and I think it also really points to the idea of you never know where God's provision is going to come from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That you know, there's that whole idea: if if uh, God calls you to it, then He'll provide for it. Yeah. That sometimes I think that we we don't dream big enough because we look at our pocketbook hmm. and say, well, I don't have the resources, I don't have the right people, I don't have the right ability to do that, so I can't do that. Because this is a really big dream. I mean, yeah, you know, to, to be sad and to want to rebuild the walls of a city is not something that you say to yourself, well, maybe if I just save up enough money, I'll be able to do it one day. Right. That's not that kind of a thing. Right. I mean, either he's going to be sad about it the rest of his life, or God's going to take care of it. And and I think sometimes we choose not to invest in things mm-hmm. emotionally because or even spiritually because we think, well, that's just not gonna happen. No way God can make that happen.
1: Well and, and we don't even see that where he has this idea of like I'm gonna go to the king um mm-hmm. and and have the king listen to me he doesn't have that right. plan it's he's not just... like
0: well if yeah. i could just get the king on my side right. then he'll rebuild the
1: walls right no he, it's just he's not being you know sneaky here he's just really feeling this very devastating thing you know and there's there's i think a big lesson for us in there to not mask what we're really dealing with in our own lives that We have a tendency, and I'll tell you, I see this in my own church, and I see this uh, with people many times where they'll mask how they're really doing for one reason or another. Sometimes people don't want that attention. Other people don't want people to feel sorry for them. And there's all sorts of good reasons uh, that people don't really want to show what's going on. But what happens when you do that is you stop people from community. You stop people uh, from caring for you.
0: Well, I mean, if he hadn't, then it also would have stopped the gift of the king. Right. That when, when we don't share ourselves with one yes. another, yeah. we inhibit people from being able to use their gifts. Right. I mean, that's the, the real joy of community is yeah. that you get to use your gifts. And the only way to use your gifts is if people share themselves with one another so that you can... Because, you know, and I've said this before, I'll probably say it a hundred times more, that... Um, and I don't remember where I heard it first because it's not original idea, that the fruit of the Spirit, fruit is not for the tree. It's
1: not for the tree. That's right. You have said that. That's <laughs> fruit, like your, one of your things. Right. The fruit, fruit is, is not, not for, for the tree. tree.
0: Fruit is for others. Yeah. And, and that the fruit <laughs> of the Spirit is for others. That yeah. we receive the fruit of the Spirit yeah. to be able to share it with others. And yeah. I think that, you know, what I hear you saying is that part of that promise of the fruit of the spirit is that we are also able to share the things that are difficult as well
1: right and and that that can be really hard
0: yeah
1: it can be really hard to be open like that and to have maybe people ask you well what's going on and to have a community where you feel like you can do that that's a good community. I mean, that's where you know you're in a place where people really care about you, and you care about them. Where you really feel okay with just being real, and just you don't have to be good all the time because we're not. I mean, we're not always happy. We're not always okay. And you know, to be able to be a part of a community where you cannot be okay, that's where you know you're in a place that where people really care for you.
0: Right, and. I mean, and if you are not okay, the immediate response isn't, well, let's fix you.
1: Well, yeah, right.
0: Because there <laughs> right. are communities where you're allowed to not be okay, but it's because we're going to fix you. We're going to,
1: right, we're gonna right, fix it. right. Can I fix that? I'm going to yeah. fix it. So here, here comes, you know, then this response from Nehemiah. He's called out and he's, he's terrified. He is scared to death. And he had an opportunity to back off to disappear to say oh it's nothing king i'm so sorry i won't ever do it again but instead he speaks the truth and this was a huge risk that he had no idea how the king was going to respond because he couldn't control that he couldn't control how the king was respond all he could do was control what he was going to say
0: well, that's true for everybody. You can't yeah. control other people. That's
1: right. That's the, that's the <laughs> Hey, you and I are on the same page here. That's right. exactly where We've I was just. We've been talking to. about that
0: a lot lately. Have, is yeah. You cannot control other people. You can only control, and sometimes you can't even control yourself. But, you, hmm. and, and I think that sometimes, like this points out something that I know that is really easy to struggle with. And it's that idea of... You know, my responsibility is to ask, mm. not to determine the answer, mm-hmm. not to make a certain outcome. You mm-hmm. know, that, and I, I recently read this and I like this quote too um, from uh, Jennifer Lee Dukes in her book, It's All Under Control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're responsible for the effort, not the outcome.
1: Not the outcome.
0: Right. And I think that sometimes we, we get so caught up in the outcome that we forget to put in the effort. Yeah, and here's Mm. Nehemiah who is laying it all out there. You know, this is why I'm afraid. I mean, this is why I'm sad. It's because things are terrible in my homeland. Yeah. And then, you know, he pushes it. Like, then the question is, well, what do you want?
1: Well, (laughs) what I
0: want is to go back and rebuild it. Right. Okay, well, you know, is there, when when are you going to be back? So there was never a sense of, and I think when we do what God asks us to do, I think that doors open up for us in ways that are unexpected.
1: Yeah, but it begins, I think, with this sense of trust. I mean, I'm, I'm just struck by how much Nehemiah trusts God here. Right. That, you know, he, think, about, think about Nehemiah, he's in exile, he's never known Jerusalem. He's never lived there. He's never seen it. He's just heard about it. The Jewish people have been in exile for a really long time. So long that generations of people have forgotten about Jerusalem, which is why they're having trouble rebuilding it because people aren't moving back. They are preferring to remain in Babylon because generations have been born there.
0: Well, and I think it's a very special person who says, well, I'm going to leave yeah. this luxurious city yeah. with all of the best right. and go move back to a burned down, right. rubbly place right. where right. I have to build and I right. have to you know, farm my own crops. It just, and... it just
1: showed how how important Jerusalem was and, and in many ways still is to the Hebrew People.
0: Oh yeah. That
1: that that is the center of the faith. That is the center of sacrifice. That is where God finally directed them. This is your city, and it just. It, so what I was saying though is like he's never seen it. He never lived there. He's never been there, and yet he is so faithful that he has this great sense of trust in the God of heaven. And it's just an amazing thing that the Jewish people didn't lose that, that even though their center of sacrifice and faith and priests and scribes and all that was basically gone, you strip all that away and what was left was the real thing, the real relationship. And I, I think that is just such a really key thing for us to understand here is that that's us too, that, yeah. that, that. You strip away our church buildings and the hierarchy and the, the religiousness of, of our culture. And what's left is the real relationship with God. And that's what matters anyway. <laughs>
0: well, I think in a lot of ways, the reason why these stories are captured isn't because of the exile. It's yeah. because the story still plays out today
1: yeah.
0: that we are not home. No matter where you are on this right. earth. Yeah. If you're a Christian, we're still... you're in exile.
1: Yeah, in the wilderness. If you're
0: in the wilderness wandering. In, and yeah. you know, to see Nehemiah's faithfulness yeah. for what he knows to be the seed of God and the city of God yeah, and to desire to be a part Oof. of it without ever having seen it yeah. is us. It should be us. Right. We should be building that city. We Mm. should be, you know, risking everything in order to, to further that kingdom, to bring glory to God, to, Mm. to do all those things. And, um, you know, sometimes we're just like, I'll just keep my sad to myself. (laughs) I think that it's really tough to risk in regards to that.
1: Yeah.
0: And I mean, and. Once Nehemiah saw the opening, he took full advantage.
1: He went all in. He didn't hold back. He's like, this is what I want. I want to go rebuild and I want letters. I want proof that... Right. Because it's almost like he could see what was going to happen. That he well, would he would have resistance and people would be upset. And he, he knew, like, he needed proof that the king had given them the, the go-ahead.
0: Part of that letter stuff is, you know, uh, bandits and and terrible people.
1: If you're on the king's errand...
0: Right. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's authority right there.
0: Right. Yeah. And then, you know, and it goes a little bit further. I'll skip ahead all the way, you know, um, Sanballat and Tobiah. Yeah. Those two, they find another friend. They they love to, you know, stir up the hornet's nest. Oh,
1: we'll see that over the next several chapters all the way really through Nehemiah. They cause all sorts of trouble. And I wonder in some ways, you know, what's going on with them in Jerusalem, right? They've been in Jerusalem. What are they, they up to? They live,
0: like, around it. They're not actually, from what I remember... But they're there. They're near it. Yeah. Yeah, like, they live in the surrounding area, and, and they I mean, don't... Don't, want,
1: don't they want Jerusalem rebuilt? No. Don't, don't they want well, the temple? Well, and temp- I think I that mean, part it's, of what that is... That's the silly thing.
0: Part of what that is is that Jerusalem, from what I remember about histronics, which is very little, mm. is in the midst of a trade path. Like it's a okay. it's a, a natural hub for trade in that area, yeah. Um, because of where it's situated in the countryland. So if Jerusalem rebuilds and becomes its own thing, and to think about the fact that it obviously is a key location in that area of the world, because Jerusalem still exists today. I mean, this is a city that is thousands of years old. Right. That it has been around for a very, very long time, and will continue to be around until the end of the world. That it's not going away anytime soon. And so, if that city gets rebuilt, then their cities lose.
1: Well, you gotta remember that these are probably Samaritans.
0: I don't even know that they're...
1: That's kind of some historical notes there, is that these two are probably Samaritans, and so there's bad blood because Whoa. there's always been bad blood
0: right well, so the these ammonites aren't jewish are own, yeah they the ammonites i don't think are jewish they're
1: these are samaritans they're from the area of samaria okay. and so because of that this guy coming from the king rebuilding the jewish capital oh man here we go again right so no wonder no wonder they're so upset they're uh, from, basically, they're not Jewish people, they're from a different country. They represent different authorities, different kings, different areas. And if Jerusalem gets rebuilt, it's bad news for them.
0: Right. Like you go from being
1: right. like number one yeah. to
0: being loser.
1: Right. And so here, you know, Nehemiah goes from the fat into the fire. You know, he thought that the king was rough. Man, he meets these guys and wow! They make it so hard for him, and yet Nehemiah does it anyway. He, yeah. he still, he goes out, and he does what God calls him to do. And, and that's, that's an amazing thing. what well,
0: we'll talk about next time. We'll talk about uh, Nehemiah making it into Jerusalem yeah. and looking at those walls. So thanks for joining us. Hope that you have a great time. And yeah. remember to let God use you where you are.
1: There you go. Good, good uh, thing of the day. All right. Bye. Bye.